Hello, and welcome to the pod where it happens. My name is Mike Espejo, and I'll be your host on this magical, wonderful mystery tour of a podcast. And we're coming to you today, coming to you today, deep from the bowels of BCAT Worldwide Headquarters here at Burlington High School, Burlington, Massachusetts. And as always, we start off the podcast with a little um, podcast business. Um, some of you have been asking, I mentioned this last podcast, we are now on Apple Podcasts. Uh, please do leave a review if you like the podcast. Um, if not, no no need to leave a review. We'll be okay <laughs> with that. Uh, also, so we still need an intro song. I'm still using the generic song on here, but I'm, I guess I'm a generic guy. We're going to keep doing that until I get motivated to find a good song. Um to use. Um, I'm going to be shifting. When I first started the podcast, I said I was going to do these bi-weekly, but I've been so excited and so um, happy with some of the people I have on for guests. Today's another good example that I just keep recording these. So I'm going to try and slow down so I don't burn myself out because I know this, I don't want to become a chore. I like it's, it's fun right now. So we're going to, if you don't see a new podcast for two weeks, you'll know I'm trying to slow it down a little bit. Because I don't know if I can keep this pace of uh, this brilliance or horribleness. Uh, we start every podcast with a quote. Uh, and this one's perfect. I try and pick a quote that matches uh, the topic of the day. And this has always been one of my favorite quotes. I never knew who said it until I Googled it today. And it's by a Roman playwright named Terence, which is a great name. And today's quote is, Fortune favors the bold. And I think that's perfect. For today's podcast, episode four, Viva Viet Citron. I am here with my guest, Tren Lee. Tren, thank you for joining us today. <laughs> thank you, Mike. Thank you for having me here. Such a pleasure. Awesome. Pleasure is all mine. Uh, Tran is the owner and uh, runs Viet Citron here in Burlington. It's a brand new Vietnamese restaurant um, that opened last March. Yeah, we opened on March 8th of last year. The soft opening was March 8th. March 8th. So yeah. just just as coronavirus was gaining strength in, <laughs> in the country, and just before things were going to close down, Tran decides to open a restaurant. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about Viet Citron. What, um, it's Vietnamese food. What, what type of stuff do you serve there? What are your specialties? What, what is, what could, if someone didn't know about Vietnamese cuisine, what would they expect to get if they walked into your restaurant? Um, but for me, when I was setting up Viet Citron, I really intended to bring what Vietnamese people in Vietnam are eating right now. Oh, wow. Okay. So the menu that we choose is definitely more current to the the flavors that, that's popular and trendy over there. Oh, okay. And it's also, and then half of it is actually what I loved when I was a kid. I love that. So it's basically all of my mom's recipe, and I basically finesse it okay. so that it's... Um, Basically elevated to another level, you know, wow. not just home cooked. Wow. Um, yeah, so some of the stuff that we have, um, you know, like banh mi is very, you know, obviously very popular. You see you see them even in like American restaurants, like the bar, bars, but that's definitely like a hot item. You see mm. like a banh mi uh, version. Um, and that's the sandwich? That's the sandwich stuff, you know, it's a hoagies or a, um, a spuckies, right? That's... That's what you call them. Um, but for us, we we do the crispy pork belly is a very, very popular version. Yeah, I wouldn't know about that. <laughs> I, I, I order it every other weekend. <laughs> I know. You have a crispy pork belly addiction problem. <laughs> I do. I do. I need to go to 
Crispy Pork Belly Anonymous after this podcast. Oh, I might have to do some funny t-shirts for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a big uh, dish uh, in Filipino cuisine. Yeah. We call it lechon, and they mm-hmm. do the whole pig roast, and they put the pig on the spit, and yeah. put the apple on the pig, and lechon is just a big, like, you know if you're a Filipino kid and you see lechon, it's a big deal. Yeah. It's a birthday, it's a wedding, it's, you know, you know, so that that's a special dish for us, and your, um, yeah, your pork belly is just like um, the, the lechon at home. Wow, that's really good to know. Yeah, it's so good. So um, I think for me, when I when I set up Via Citron, I was just thinking about like my childhood. I mean, I spent ten years, the first uh, ten eleven years of my life in Vietnam, and I you know I grew up in Saigon, so there was a lot of food, lots of stall that that I went to, and I went to actually like they knew my grandparents, my great grandparents, all my aunts and uncle, and then my generations they knew all of my cousins. Right. Oh wow! And we we would go there, and there's only literally two options that we would choose from. But something about it, when you just do it consistently, you just get really good. You become like a shifu and like a, a master of that, right? Yeah. And 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 then so when I thought of opening up via Citra, I was like, well, why can't we do that in the U.S.? Why do we have to do the big menu? Right. You know, and 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 so you know, and try to balance the different uh, like food choices and. Uh, diverse preference that we have as a melting pot, you know, as Americans, we we basically we have banh mi, we have rice bowl, we have the banh hoi vermicelli bowls, which is basically a more uh, refined version of the traditional vermicellis. You tend to see it's like more, a noodle. Yeah, yeah, it's like a rice noodle, it's very thin rice noodle that's rolled up, or it's being served sort of like a flat so that you can roll up with your hands. Whereas the the normal vermicelli noodle. Uh, traditionally, you can use chopsticks and eat it with it. But at Viet Citron, we we took that version and then we said, "All right, let's let's give people two options. They can eat it with chopstick or they can use the hand, and you know the lettuce and the wrap, and they wrap it and they eat it with the proteins that they can choose from." Yeah. And so we. What are the different proteins you can get on? So some of the proteins we have: crispy pork belly, um, roasted crispy pork belly, uh, lemongrass sirloin. We use 100% sirloin, no additive, no chemicals whatsoever. Wow. That's why it's very tender. Obviously a little higher price because you pay for what you get. Sure. Um, and we also have chicken. We have grilled tiger prawns. And we have tofu. Right now I'm kind of contemplating working on like a lemongrass seitan as for, you know, to please the vegetarian crowd. There's a lot of vegetarian people coming in and asking us like, hey, can you do more vegetarian option, more environmentally? Uh, friendly options for us and i'm like let me look into it i'm short in labor right now yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know we gotta we we i i actually prefer it to like really perfect a few things first sure then we add on later but i don't want the menu to be too big to overwhelm the staff you know because that's when you lose the quality control and what would you say you said ec- economically or were they environmentally friendly or what kind of environmentally friendly meaning this is like no mean? no meat you know no oh. meat non-meat options like vegan like, yeah like a vegetarian. vegan plant-based oh, yep okay. vegan and plant-based diet there's a big demand for that in in you know in this area yeah now there a lot of um vietnamese uh People in the area, is there a big? Um, so in Boston area, actually Burlington, not so much. Right. Um, but I grew up in Malden area, and there's a big concentration of Vietnamese there. Okay. Uh, in Boston, the biggest concentration is definitely in Dorchester and Quincy. Um, so South Shore is more like it. Um, North Shore is more 
younger crowd, okay. Vietnamese. You know, they, they've been here for 20, 30 years. They finally get good jobs, and they start migrated to the suburbs. So we're actually seeing more and more Vietnamese customers coming. They, they, they're starting to find They're these, coming out of the woodwork. And they travel really far to get here. Well, I mean, <laughs> for quality, I mean, they, they probably heard how good it was and said they wanted to come. What does Viet Sichuan mean? I don't think I've ever asked. Um, What's the significance? <laughs> um, I was looking for like a name that actually sounds fresh. Mm. And Vietnamese food use a lot of lime. Yeah. You know, citrus, lime, lime. But when you think of lime, you think of Mexican food. Right. You don't think of Vietnamese food. No. Um, but then Vietnamese foods also have a lot of French influence. So citron means... Uh, Lemon in French, okay, and uh, citron vert means lime in French, but that's too long of a name, so I decided to call it Viet Citron. So it's like Viet Lime, and you know, to say that I have a little bit of Frenchness to it is actually throwback to my family's root because I actually like a tiny bit of French in my okay. blood. <laughs> and that's why the the Bobby sandwich has the French baguette, exactly, and the, the mayonnaise French. and the pate and all of that stuff. Okay. So that's that's something that the French. Brought with them. Okay, now I'm learning now. <laughs> so, who who has been your biggest influence in cooking? Your mom, I think you mentioned. Uh, definitely my mother. I was very spoiled as a kid. Um, we were poor when I was growing up. The first ten years of my life, we were very poor. But she would always make sure I was well fed. Um, but the one thing that I learned so much, I was very fortunate. I um, I grew up in District One in Saigon, which is like a food capital okay. of Vietnam. And and I didn't I did not I did not realize the significance of it until I grew up later. Um, but we lived near uh, like an open air market, so my oh, mother awesome. would take me with her since I was like three years old, every day, just go to the market with her, let me sit at one of the stalls to try different food, and then she'll go off and go shopping, and then oh, she'll wow. come back and get me. That would call child abandonment. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the U.S. Right. <laughs> Well, it's different in the home country. And I was just going to say moms are the best, but then you went into the child abandonment kind of tangent. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, a little different, though, back there, right? In, yeah. In a different time, probably, than now. Yeah. Uh, times are different. Um, so mom was the biggest influence. What is the? Why did you come to Burlington? Uh, what, what made you pick Burlington, and, and what has the reaction been like here in our fair town? Oh, um, that's an interesting question. Um so when I was looking for storefront, I was actually looking around Harvard Square and Porter Square. Okay. Because, you know, I, I actually went to Tufts uh, for my undergrad, so I knew Davis Square really well. And it, it's such a big food scene there. Sure. You know. Um, but when I asked my agent to to look around, she literally gave me nothing. She literally said, like, this is really, really too big, too small for you, too expensive for you to start up. You know, you really want it. And, and then there's, like, I think, it was a restaurant right next to Brown Sugar at Porter Square at the time that was closed down, like, the Chinese restaurant, so they were... Oh, yeah, yeah, I know that one, yeah. Yeah, so I was looking at that, I'm like, wow. It's like, right in the middle of uh, Porter Square, yeah? Yeah, exactly, where that big intersection's where, yeah. the, where the tea stop is, so we were looking at that, but um, I, I was like, wow, this is a lot of investment, because I have to come in and change the concept, you know, the look, the feel of it, to, to reflect our concept. Sure. Um, and then I just said, you know what, let me just pick up a car, drive around here. My parents has been, um, you know, they've been living in Reading since 2008. So every time we come back from Philly to visit, we would, you know, go to Burlington to eat or something. Yeah. And I know there's like a big tech hubs here and 
there's a lot of um, Asian American populations here, but people don't realize that because all the houses are kind of like tucked in behind the woods, you know, yep. like unless you go to H Mart, you don't really see them. <laughs> right, right. We hide. We hide. I know. Woods. You guys hide pretty well. <laughs> so I just randomly drive around, and then I, I saw a place where I cost, um, you know, where the FedEx Red Cross from Bed Bath & Beyond. Mm-hmm. So I contact... Yes. So I contact that agent and he said, you don't want it here. It costs way too much money for oh, you no to way. turn. But I know there's a location across the street where the Starbucks used to be. You might be interested. Okay. I'm like, really? So it wasn't even on the, the Google search. When I was searching, I didn't see anything and I walk in and I'm like, this is it. And and my husband... my husband, Yeah, my, I, like, I saw it instantly and um, my husband and I, we... I think we were decided between that location and the one up closer to Network Drive, closer to Bedford. Okay. But but we were saying, you know, the adjacency to Market Basket, H Mart, oh yeah, and Trader Joe's, like we're really in the center of it. Oh yeah, and 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 everybody hates that intersection because they get stuck over there. What a perfect visibility for us! Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! That's great marketing. Uh, well, yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of good, you know, like right. your trainers and architects. Great traffic. Sort of, All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> traffic. Traffic is good for us. <laughs> now, and Burlington has been so, I mean, that, I mean, we have been so lucky to get you and get oh, the restaurant. You. I mean, <laughs> thank our lucky stars that you did come to Burlington and that we did have, because it's been one of the best additions, I think, to our, I mean, Burlington, uh, we were talking about it last time, that in the... In Massachusetts, after maybe Boston and Cambridge, mm-hmm. Burlington's probably the next best town yeah. or city for food because yeah. of the, the, the vast amount of restaurants, the variety. And a lot of them are chains, but you were brought a different type of restaurant, more of a family style, a family mm-hmm. owned. Um, and it's just, I mean, you become quickly become one of my favorite places in town. <laughs> Burlington's so lucky to have you. It's been awesome. Well, thank you. I was so terrified to meet you the first time on the planning board. Come <laughs> uh, before our board. Yeah, that, well, that, that, yeah, that was the first time that we met, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We met in the hearing room, right? Before yep, COVID. Exactly. Yep, yep. So are you, you were trained as an architect and you're working as an architect first. Mm-hmm. And um, you left that career. Yes. To, you made a fork, you were uh, bold. <laughs> uh, you left that career and um, started the restaurant. Which is a huge 180 career change risk. Uh, what um, what caused you to finally do it? Is this something you always like when you were getting trained and learning to be an architect? Something you always wanted to do, or what was the the process in getting there? Um, so I I think after I graduated undergrad, um, I took a year off in between uh, undergrad and grad school, and. Um, and then I, I look back and I'm like, what did I do in my undergraduate years? Four years at Tufts. And I realized instead of going out and party, I would cook a storm every single night in my dorm room. Like on the weekend, I would throw lobster in my rice cooker and like... You must have been the most popular dumplings. kid in the dorm. I pretty much smoke out the whole entire dorm every single weekend. You probably had a line <laughs> out your door. Wow. And so, I, so then by then I was like, you know what? I love architecture. I always wanted to be an architect since I was in middle school. Sure. But then I realized, like, wow, I really have this passion for food. Um, so I was I was serious. I was decided between Dover Culinary Arts School okay. uh, versus uh, uh, architecture school at the time. But my mother wanted to disown me. <laughs> it's, you know, typical tiger mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and she said, you know, 
you do not want to be a cook. You, you're going to have to become an architect and get your degree and you do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> right? I think my mom had that same speech with me. Really? That yeah. seems to pretty much all Asian moms do. Yeah, that. yeah, right? Um, yeah, so I... I Every I, Asian success story starts with that, with that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, you know, so I was like, all right, I'll go to architecture school. I finished my dream. You know, that's something that I've always wanted to do. Uh, so I wow. did it. You know, I went to UVA and did my master's degree there. But the whole time that I was there, same thing. Still. Every Friday, I would cook four or five things. And I'm so excited to leave my studio and just, like, cook stuff. Wow. And and then, um, but amazing. the architecture school brought something interesting that I've never had, was studying abroad. Okay. And that's really opened the door for me. It's even more convincing of why I should be going into foods later, you know, because I've get to go to Italy, Barcelona, and get to see how the restaurant in Europe's working, got to go to China and flavor up the, the food. And, and you're supposed to be there looking at the architecture. I looked at both. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Unfortunately, undergrads spend the money on booths, and I spent it on the fancy restaurant. There you go, hey. <laughs> money well spent. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's basically sort of been brewing for a while. But, you know... It's not easy to start a restaurant, no. especially you don't have any capital. Right. You don't have any backing. You don't have any experience. So it's, but it's been in the back of my mind since then, and so I decided, like, all right, let's what try was the, out what was the final? What was the final straw? The final straw was when I stay up until 3 a.m. almost every single night for three weeks, and then I get a, a break for two weeks. Then I get back to that cycle. Eventually, I get burned out with my architecture deadline. Okay. I love the profession, but that is one aspect that I really hate. Yeah. Um, and then one day, my I told my husband, like, you know what? You're exhausted, and I'm exhausted from our current work right now. Yeah. You want to change your environment? Like, maybe look in Boston or something? Or and you lived here. in Philly at the time. We were in Philly at the time. And, and then he eventually he said, guess what? I found something. <laughs> you want to go back to your hometown? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay. So we got really excited, and um, he decided to move back, and then I asked him, uh, you're okay of uh, hanging on to the torch for a few years and let me go do my thing? <laughs> oh, no way. Okay. <laughs> and um, and he's like, are you really serious about this? It's not easy, and we got to plan for it. So we, we planned for about a, a year or something before we moved back to Philly. Yep. But he was very forceful about it. He, he was very intentional in terms of asking me what I need to do, like to prove it to him that how serious I was. Yeah. Um, wow. So, yeah. So that's that's when we jumped the leap was when that's how amazing. we made the change. So you were coming back here. He had a new job. And instead of finding another architecture job here, you, you took this turn. Yeah. I took the turn and I was planning it out and, and make my, my, my um, business plan. Yeah. Business proposal and everything. Yep. Yeah, so I was reading that approximately 60% of restaurants fail within the first year of operation. This is without a global pandemic to slow them down. This is normal condition. <laughs> and 80% fail within their first five years. Like yeah. you said, it's a tough, tough game. It's a tough gig. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen it all the time here in Burlington where uh, restaurants come and go. And it's, I mean, it, you've got you've to have everything right. You've got to have the right space. You've got to have the right food, the right employees. It's really hard to make it so... How, how have you done it with opening March 8th, uh, coronavirus is, is, is setting in? You must have been thinking, I mean, just a week later we went into full lockdowns. So what are you thinking at that point? I just went home crying. <laughs> of course, right? Like, 
Uh, How do you do that? We opened two weeks, and then the the governor, uh, you know, Governor Baker said, "No, we're going to shut down." Right. So then we tried it for a day, and there was no customer coming in. We literally got like ten orders that day, and I have five staff standing there looking at me. Yeah. And I said, "All right, guys, this is not good. We have to let's just shut down, see where it goes." You got um and um. You know, I just went home and cried and cried. Um, what have I done? <laughs> pretty much what I said to my husband. Yeah, like, like, what did I do? I'm really sorry putting you through this. I mean, and we, we were planning for the worst case scenario, but we never planned for a <laughs> pandemic, you know. <laughs> you planned for the worst case scenario. I'm sorry to laugh. You planned for the worst case scenario, and then we got a global freaking exactly. pandemic. Like, exactly. You must have been like... The, the stars are aligned against this. Mom was right. <laughs> you know, I and then I look at it. I'm like, man, I'm so good at picking professions that kills me during recession. <laughs> uh, right, right. Man. Um, but having said that, um, you know, how it was very um, encouraging. He would say, you know what, take two weeks off. Or we, we actually originally planned to take one month off. Yeah. But during that... After about a week or two weeks at home, I got crazy, you know, and I'm like, I got to do something. I, I need to take advantage of this time to reflect and step back and then see what we can do, see what we can adapt, you know, what kind of incremental changes that we can adapt. What's the fastest thing we can adapt right now? And at the time, we didn't have any kind of online ordering system in place. Yeah. But our concept has always been very takeout friendly. So nice. to go from dine-in to takeout was just like a light switch. Very easy. We're trying to target. So we, we basically we step back and we adapt. And to be honest, we did plan with a lot of redundancy in there. You know, we my 401k was cashed out to, like, to back up the plan. Yeah. Um, I call up all my friends like, hey, I have leftover fresh stuff. You want... To help me, I'll ship it to Philly. So my tennis team down in Philly, like, oh, wow. I shipped a whole box of like a thousand dollar foods and shipped it down to Philly to them. Wow! My friends came up and buy all the fresh chicken I have and everything. You know, everybody came. Oh. It was so good. It, like, it, I That's was amazing. in tears. I was in tears. It was amazing. That's and, amazing. And even some of my staff were like, "You don't even have to pay me this week." I'm like, "No, no, no, I can't do that." Wow! That's when you know you have really good staff. You know, you never ask or any of that kind of help, but they're just like, "That's amazing." You don't have to pay me. I'm like, no. <laughs> you guys are, you guys meant the world to me. So it, w- it was really good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a support system and a good plan and uh, a backup plan. So what? Um, what's been the? I guess <laughs> this is other than the pandemic. <laughs> what's been the biggest surprise or unexpected thing you've learned in, the, in just opening the restaurant and uh, your experience in the past year over year thirteen months. Oh, I think the biggest surprise is my mom is right. What doesn't kill me make me stronger. <laughs> wow. Well, moms always know. Moms know best. Um, but, you know, actually, it is very uh, rewarding um, to, um, especially, I think the most surprising aspect is the mentoring to young staff. Um, I that that never crossed my mind when I opened a restaurant, and I have so many young people working for me. Nice. And the pandemic put a lot of break on their plan, so they were trying to do something to keep them occupied. And and at first they were only planning to 
to help me out for like two or three months now. A lot of them have been with us for like almost a year. Wow. And they're going to stay until they go back to grad school or whatever the, you know, their next plan is. So that's really rewarding. You know, they get, they feel a little bit lost. And coming here, I told them, it's like, you know, just because you work at the restaurant doesn't mean the skill set doesn't transfer into your future jobs later. I have one staff who try to improve his English. He's super smart. He's just like, you know, he's just been here for two, three years. So I threw him into the front, and he does customer service sometimes, but he's he's my master chef at, at wow. my line, you know. Or some other person wants to learn how to manage because they want to open their own business later on. So then they learn how to multitask and, and do all these things. And then um, the other day I just told somebody, you want to go look at trademark for me? <laughs> Legal stuff. You know, I'm like, I'm going to look at this. I don't know anything about this. I'm yeah. like, so do I. <laughs> We all learn together, right? You know, so wow, that what an amazing success story, and the restaurant's doing great. I was, I saw me last uh, was last weekend, or it was just a constant flow of people. <clears throat> you were mentioned on what Eater, <laughs> yeah, we saw for the the bomb me. Yeah, they voted. They must have really liked us because they put us like number one takeout for the summer, number one bun me in Boston for twenty twenty. You beat all the Dorchester folk. I beat all the Dorchester <laughs> folks, and I had Quincy and Dorchester folks coming to Burlington to eat. Wow. That's a compliment. That's a huge That's compliment. a flattering. Right? <laughs> that's that's get, really flattering. You're pulling them out of the city. <laughs> I know. I know. They're like, I can't believe I'm going from all, all the way from Dorchester to go eat in Burlington. And they tell you that, right? When they they come told in. me that. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's a credit to you and the amazing job you've done and your staff and uh, the whole operation. It's just, again, Burlington's so lucky to have you and just very blessed to have you. And what a great... I mean, an American success story, just, you know, with a Vietnamese twist. and uh, <laughs> But it's just, that's like, you know, the stuff dreams are made of. Your dreams yeah. come true in the restaurant. So what does the future hold for Viet Citron? Um, what do we see? You just trying to, you said it's, it's tough right now to get help, you know, keep yep. help is tough. Yep, getting help is really tough right now. Um so we're, we're, we're still hiring. You know, we're hiring for the front staff, and we're hiring the back kitchen as well. Um, but we're, we're looking into how we're going to um, deal when the office crowd is coming back. Yes. Right now, we're almost at maximum capacity in terms of what we can produce produce in-house. Okay. Right? So when the office is back, they're going to need more catering and all this. So we're looking into, like, ghost kitchen or maybe food truck or something like okay. that. Um, just to just to nice. test out the market, how are we going to expand? You know, we don't want to jump into a second location too fast or anything. I mean, that was it, my next. It's, it's on the mind. It's <laughs> yeah, on our sure. mind. Yeah. But I think for me, I really want to, you know, to grow it organically yeah. and, and and make sure that we don't sacrifice the quality as we grow. Awesome, steady growth. Which, yeah. which is what got you here. Yeah. So Burlington has a population of about twenty four thousand people. And pre-pandemic, uh, with all the businesses in town, mm-hmm. our daytime population would, would boost over 120,000 people oh, wow. with all the offices. Oh, wow. We're probably not getting half of that now. But yeah. like you said, hope you know when the offices start to come back, and it probably will never be like it was, but I think it's going to come back a lot more. Right. And we'll probably see people doing a hybrid, like half in the office, mm-hmm. half not. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, your, your clientele will increase uh, yep. your amount of people, and then there'll be office catering and all that stuff and once yep. the work gets around. So uh, it's good to see that you're preparing for that. Um, so if people want to 
Come via Citron is on Middlesex Turnpike. What number Middlesex Turnpike? 47 Middlesex Turnpike. 47 Middlesex Turnpike. They're on between um, H Mart and the Trader Joe's, so, sort of across from Burger the King. Burger King. Yep. <laughs> um, and the website, if they want to go and check it out, is? Uh, the website, if they want to go check it out, is www.vietcitron.com. Okay. Uh, I would highly recommend people order directly from us because we have customer who... Um, Came in and I, you know, I look at the receipt and they get like a surcharge on top of that. Right, from like Grubhub. From, uh, well, that's that, you know, for delivery, that, that's understandable. But if you order through Yelp or Google, you, you might not think that you get in charge the okay. extra fee on top, but they slap like another $2 on top every entree. Yeah. So by the time you order five entree, you just lost. right there. So order direct. And the best way is probably to do it online. Yeah, the best way is to do it online because sometimes you order the phone, the phone line gets very busy. Yeah. (laughs) And the the pork belly, you have to order 24 hours at least in advance, which I've learned. The one, yeah, the one pound or more you have to order 24 hours in advance because we do try to keep it fresh. We only, we only, we only roast like a certain amount during lunch, a certain amount during dinner. So, you know, if you guys give us a heads up, then it will be fresh. But otherwise, we don't want you to eat, like, you know, pork belly that sit around. <laughs> and the uh, the normal op- hours of operation are? 11 until 7 p.m. Every day except Monday? Every day except Monday. Yep. Okay. All right. Yep. Um, well, this has been great. It, again, it's flown by. Oh, wow. We're, Look we're, at that. We're at our time. Is there something you'd like to say to your customers or Burlington before we uh, <laughs> we part ways here? <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually really want to say how 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 grateful I am um, to be part of this community. Um, you guys have been so welcoming. Um, it was a bit of a sticker shock in terms of overhead costs when we first coming in, but I think your 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 mission of making this this town more sustainable is really great. I think it just takes some time to adapt to it. But um, I love being here. I love that my customers are very adventurous. And and the fact that we put something special online and then twenty like literally fifteen minutes later you guys came and ordered it, it's oh, like wow. amazing. <laughs> you know, cool. it's so much fun. That is fun. Um and I, I also want to thank my staff for, you know, my whole team. They're you know, we, we would not be here without them. And we would not be here without our wonderful, amazing customers. That's awesome. So thank you guys. Oh thank you. And again, like I said, Burlington's so lucky to have you. What a an amazing addition to our already vibrant restaurant scene. I think you, you've made it even better in an even better town. Which, and again, just um, it's something different. It's something fresh. Everything's good. I'm trying to find something I don't like. <laughs> I haven't found that yet, and that's always a mark of a good place for me. That it's good. Everyone I've talked to recommend. Um, they always, you know, thank me like, "Oh, great call. Thanks for you know saying that people love it." And um, it's just been. It's been wonderful and just a, a great, a great story. And I'm just, I'm always so happy when I think of Via Citron because <laughs> I've, I've seen it from, you know, the beginning and um, just what you had to go through. I mean, not many rest. I mean, there are established restaurants that are closing, like, yeah, year, like, like decades old, many decades old restaurants that couldn't make it. And you had to start in this and you made it like. You should be very proud of what you've accomplished and Thank you. the amazing restaurant <laughs> and, and uh, place you've made because it's it's a it's a heck of an accomplishment. It's, it's awesome. Like I I feel privileged just to know you and even go there. It's, <laughs> it's really amazing. So I'm, I'm in awe of it. So 
That is our story about Viet Citron. Check them out. Um, 46 Middlesex Turnpike. Take it there. 47. 47. <laughs> See, I'm not good with details. And uh, I'd like to thank Tran Lee for joining us today. I think this went thank really you, well. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. No problem. Um, if you want to get in touch with me here at the podcast, um, my email is happenspod at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram at happenspod. Viet Citron's on Instagram and Facebook. Viet Citron is on Instagram and Facebook. I'm trying to learn Twitter, so maybe I'll get on there. <laughs> yeah. This is when I know I'm old. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know how to tweet. <laughs> yeah, tweeting, it's all right. I'm on there tweeting like a very quiet bird, I'd say. <laughs> And happens plot on Twitter. It's like the best um, for me, the best source of information. Yeah, you follow the right people. Right, like, I'll never get a story faster than from Twitter. That's there's what a, I've heard. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of like negativity and weird stuff on there. But yeah, just to, if you follow the right people, and if people are too negative, you just unfollow them. <laughs> but it's a good place for quick information. That's good. Um, so join us for our next episode with my friend Lou, who is the Sandwich King. I don't know how, we're kind of going to have to delve into how Lou got this nickname, but we're going to try and find the best Italian sub in the area. So we're going to be taste testing seven to ten of the best Italian subs. So hopefully we can uh, we can find that. That's our next episode. Um, as always, listen to each other, look out for each other, learn from each other, uh, be kind to each other, and always step out of your comfort zones for each other. We have one one world and one life to live in. We're all in it together. It's a lot easier if uh, we are nice. So be nice and be kind. So this has been the pod where it happens. Love you, meet it. Thank you for listening. I'm Mike Espejo, and we'll catch you on the flip side.